This is Van Electric Ghost, and we're on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channels with Karina Lawson for the first time. She is an executive mentor, certified high-performance coach, and uh, thank you for joining the program today. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you so much for the warm welcome, Ben. I'm, I'm delighted to be here on the show, and I'm eager to dive into some meaningful conversation today. always great. We want to let people know we are a featured podcast on the Newsly platform. You can see that icon up that says listen on Newsly. So if you use coupon code GHOST and get one month free premium subscription, we will be on Newsly later today. Again, uh, if you use the GHOST coupon, you get one month premium subscription and we are a featured podcast there. So um, what we, we always like to do is get into um, the um, career of being an executive mentor or high performance coach. Maybe you could start with like, how did you um, get into this field? Sure. So I've had the pleasure of having had an executive coach uh, earlier in my career. And for the first time since I graduated college, somebody asked me like, what do you want to do? Like, what, you know, I, and I hadn't asked myself that question because I was just going through the motions of getting the degrees and getting a job and I felt like my career kind of like lacked direction because I hadn't really given it um, that much that much thought to be honest so right now because of that experience I now help high achieving professionals and entrepreneurs create more balance and more ease and more efficiency in their schedules so that they can lead more fulfilling lives from work to weekend um, and it was because of the birth of my twin girls uh, that that led me to pursue a career uh, in coaching and with because I always thought about okay if I can just cross off one more item on the to-do list then I can do this other thing without even taking a pause or taking a breather and I worked myself um, to the ground without knowing and it, it was a very slow burn but when it when it happened it did come on very strong and it showed up in my health and um, it certainly could have been avoided had I been more clear about where it is that I wanted to go had I been, been more diligent about creating more energy um, and not just focused on being productive um, having the courage to set more boundaries would have been like an asset at the time but I felt like oh no no I'll just keep carrying on and um, having the, uh, the the frame of mind to then be able to influence people around me in my teams to deliver on, on, on their end as well. So that's why I think this work is really important. What led me to uh, be really to, to dive into getting the certifications and uh, really lean into helping others do the same. Yeah, I think it's important to set, you know, parameters, you know, because they, all of us, you know, being a being a, I'm a musician, I'm a podcaster, and I'm an IT professional. And uh, being a musician and a podcaster, that, those things are my passion. And in my day job as a designer, software designer, that's like my, my day job. But I had to find a way to like, how do I do all these things, right? And And do the things I love to do and not you know, I made the decision in my life, I wanted to have kind of a balance where I wasn't going to be like doing like this over achiever thing, totally just in my software design career, because I wanted to have room for art, because I'm an artist. And I've had to find a way to balance 
the things I love to do with my responsibilities in my career. And I think sometimes it's very hard to figure out, like for some people, like, you know, to have that balance. Was that, was that something that you talk to people? Like, how do you achieve that, um, that type of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, consistency or, or parameters around your life? Yeah, well, you know, I think before we even have a conversation about balance, it's, and I'm sure the musicians in the audience will appreciate that you have to fine tune your instrument before you even start to play, right? If it's not, if it's not tuned just right, it doesn't matter what song you play, it's not going to sound right. So when we talk about balance and, um, my youngest daughter loves to, well, not youngest, youngest by two minutes, they're twins, but she, she loves to cook. And whenever she uh, puts things on a scale, like I just watched her do this the other day and it just hit me. Like the recipe wasn't going to come out right because, it, and she even said to myself, oh, it's not set to zero. It's that calibration, that everyday um, inquiry that we must make within ourselves. Like, you know, are things as they should be, because a ballot, a scale can be off balance, even if there's nothing on it. Like your instrument is not gonna play the right song. Like it's not gonna sound its best if it's not tuned. So having having the clarity to ask yourself those questions, like, am I, am I feeling okay? Like, you know, the importance of boundaries, that's great, but am I communicating those boundaries to myself so that I'm not pushing myself beyond my limits? What do I need to do to rest and restore um, so that I can play the best music, right? So that am I resting and restoring um, so that I can do my best work? And, and when people talk about work-life balance, they always put work first. And I think it's so important to do your life's work right? So that you're in alignment and not just in balance, but you're in alignment. Um, Cause it often, like I often feel like it's, it feels like if there's a competing demand and oftentimes there are, but what if you ask yourself the right question? So you learn to love your job a little more, or if you learn to take better care of yourself so that you could do the best work and it felt easy. Um, so I think that's, that's really important to kind of take the time to calibrate and take the time to fine tune um, uh, so that you can, you can do your best uh, without like the extra effort. Right. Yeah. Cause I think what I've, you know, what I've learned in my music and in my day job is like when I was in my, I'm 55 now, but when I was 20, I know people would be like, Oh, we're going to go crazy. Be these road warriors. I was on the road all the time, flying here, flying there, you know, spend 12 hours working at my desk. And there's like this the law of diminishing returns. Like even then when you're a musician, like if I sit in my studio and I spend like six hours trying to get something right, what I find is if I actually just like, you know, I, 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 I can't just sit there and keep on doing the same thing over and over. Eventually you have to decide, you walk away, you come back, you have a better perspective. So there's law of diminishing returns. If you just keep on sitting in your programmer and you think sitting for 10 hours straight is a good idea. It's probably not because then you, you get tunnel vision. You, you, you Sometimes you have to walk away to see the big picture. And what I found is some people think that just like, well, if I just go at it and just keep on going at it, it's going to get better. And what they forget is sometimes you need that perspective. They kind of taking a break is not actually against trying to solve it, right? Or walking away from something and coming back to it is not against trying to balance it out because then you don't 
you actually start to look at the holistic picture. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, oftentimes people will, when people compare themselves to somebody else, oh, so-and-so is working this way and working this many hours, we feel compelled, you know, to do the same. When in fact, we have different productivity archetypes. Um, we're, we're not the same. So we have these unique abilities of learning and we have our unique abilities of doing our best work. And some people might be like big picture thinkers. Others, they might be um, like more compelled to work in operations. I'm, I'm somebody who loves the nitty gritty and the operations, which also means that can lead to perfectionism. So I need to check myself every once in a while. But um, it's so important to know what that is. Like, are you an early riser or a night owl? Are there so many different things? But knowing, mm -hmm. asking yourself those questions, like, when do I do my best work? Uh, when, you know, what is enough to me, right? So uh, absolutely. And, and why did you like start your own business? Because what I find with a lot of people is like eventually like you're, you're, you're working for other people and then you find out you're not satisfied, right? That, you're, you're, that you really aren't really doing what you want. Because some people are like, well, they're trying to meet expectations of what somebody else wanted or what their parents wanted or what people could do. And then they find out, you know, I'm a lawyer. I don't want to be a lawyer. I kind of got into being a lawyer, but now I want to do something else. Or I, I'm working in a business, but I actually wanted to have my own business. And maybe I don't, I, you know, I don't part of that, but that's, you know, when's that kind of moment? Did you have that moment where you decided, I want to kind of take the reins and start my own thing? I love that question. Um, it was the moment when I got, I knew I was sick. I knew that I, I didn't feel right. Um, and uh, and I remember sitting in my daughter's bed bedroom and I was putting them to sleep and I was watching them. And it was the moment that I figured out why I wasn't well. I didn't know what was wrong. I eventually would find out weeks later. Um, I, I found out that I had not one, but two chronic illnesses um, because I was working too much. And um, I looked at my children and I just remember thinking, I don't want, and I realized that it was because I didn't, I didn't communicate my boundaries to myself, right? And, um, and for any, anyone who's listening who may be parents and especially when you have little ones, like you tend to go without sleep for a long time, or if you're a student or, uh, and you're working on your degrees and things like that, you tend to push a little harder. And I remember looking at them and just thinking, I want to be around and I don't ever want them or their friends or other, you know, people that they know to ever feel like that they're not enough. Because I realized at that minute that the reason why I was doing all these things is because I didn't feel enough within myself. Oh, I'll just reschedule my doctor's appointment. It's okay. And that's when I realized that I wanted to help people make empowered decisions with their time. I didn't know how. <laughs> I didn't know that I would eventually design a planner. That came the next day when I had a, a conversation with a lovely friend of mine at work. And I was just, you know, I was like, I just can't figure it out, Sandy. You know, I've got my planner and I've got this and I just can't figure out where I'm going wrong. And then she said, Karina, you know, um, you're trying to approach the issue from, um, I, I can't, approach the issue. I was like, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to take care of the kids. I have to come to work and I have to be better at my job so that I, you know, I can, I can do well. 
But then when I realized that I could change that thought into I get to, that's when I knew that I wanted to design something that would help people make empowered decisions with their time, starting by putting themselves on the agenda. So that same day, I, went, I had lunch with my coworkers and I had a piece of paper and I just literally drew what today is the weekly spread of the Ponder Lily Planner that started with intention. And then the to-do list was small on purpose and it ended with gratitudes and positive habits because everything else I knew that if I was given a whole book that was completely blank and I had to write all the things that I had to do, I knew that I would tick some boxes and I wouldn't. And at the end of the day, I would feel like crap, right? So in a lot of people that I noticed, um, and I did um, so much research. In fact, my master's is in um, workplace wellness. So I talked to a lot of people about what made them feel like they were at the top of their game, that they were performing well, and that they were doing well both at home and at work. And I looked at their calendars, I looked at their planners, and on the margins, they would always write, workout, question mark, go for a walk, question mark. Where were they? Like all the to-dos were for other people. And so that's when um, I realized, you know, and my clients, they don't forget to pick up the mail them. They don't like, okay, they're, they're very much, they're, and there are people like you and your listeners, they're, they're at the top, they, they know their stuff, they know. Um, the thing is that they often forget to take care of themselves. And when they feel like they're taking care of themselves, then they're like, oh, you know, it's, I didn't achieve this thing. So I, I wanted to bridge the gap between, to find a place where ease and efficiency meet. You know, um, so that's when I figured out that um, that I was made for more. Than, and by the way, I still work my nine to five and I love my job. I'm a certified business analyst. And that like basically my training, my master's in business administration actually um, allowed me to create a company um, that was very lean, that's very lean, very efficient because of my training. So there's no, there's no competing demand here. I feel like I've really leaned into my strengths when, you know, most people would have thought, my God, Karina, what actually people did say that to me, what are you doing? Your twins are eight months old. You're, you're 40, 40 years old. What are you doing? Well, like getting into a creative industry that you don't know much about and in an area, in a field that's completely out of really, but the, basically the, what I'm trying to say is that my intent spoke louder than any, I, I didn't hear any of it. I just, every 15 minutes that I had before putting my kids to bed or, um, you know, during my lunch break, I would Google like how to do this. Like, and I asked my sweet friends who are graphic designers to teach me design speak. And so, um, yeah, long story short, I launched a planner company that's now, that's been featured in Forbes. I've been in the BBC. And that's just because the intent spoke louder than anything else that I could have heard. Like the mission is is bigger than that. Yeah, I think it's like the drive when you're an artist is like, like why, why do musicians, you know, we don't get paid all the time, right? A lot of times we, if we're trying to get paid, that's not why you're a musician, right? But a lot of times you do it because you love it. And then what happens is opportunities present themselves. You end up getting to work with people 
that you didn't imagine just because you show up. Like part of what I found is like just showing up caused an opportunity. But this podcast, you know, back in 2016, I fell into it. Somebody came to me and interviewed me because I'm a musician. They found my SoundCloud and they said, hey, I want to interview you. I didn't even know what a podcast was. And then I ended up finding out that I liked it. We After the first episode, me and the interview uh, interviewer actually did a podcast because we liked each other so much. And then we did it for like six months. And then I said, wow. And then I just found it kind of came to me. I wasn't looking to be a podcaster. I kind of fell into it. And it's one of those things where sometimes if you just show up or you keep yourself open, things happen. And people say, well, how can podcasting help you if you're a musician? And you're not even talking to musicians all the time. It's just the fact that if you show up, like, if, like just showing up actually presents tons of opportunities. And, you know, we've been able to, you know, get into things. And now we're being more deliberate about it. But sometimes, you know, things will, you got to kind of keep your ears open. Like, I think I hear my family, but it's, yeah, I, have a, I have my family home too. But, um, but yeah, I think it's interesting that, that you've, you, t- you hear that voice and they say, hey, this is cool. And then you run with something. Like you, sometimes if something comes to you and you're like, hey, I'm going to run with it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like I was directed to do that, but it kind of, I saw it and then I jumped on it. Yeah. And it's so interesting, the serendipity of it all. Right. And then you, you discover passion that you didn't know you had. Um, that's, that's so nice. So I think like with people, one of the questions you have is like, what advice do you have for people that want to start their own businesses or people who think maybe they're not ready? And I think a lot of people have a fear. Like when you're a musician, the fear before you even become a musician is like, oh, am I good enough to even be on stage? So I, I think I can re- think about equating that to a person who's like wants to start a business, but then they don't think they're good enough to do it. So then they don't do it. So they get kind of stuck in a loop and they never to take the jump to make that decision. Like, do you, yeah. What kind of advice do you have for people who are kind of on the cusp or are kind of scared or they got that fear factor? I would say if there's fear like that is playing, um, um, I would say surround yourself with examples of people who overcame adversity and did it anyway. So that would be one thing. And then the other thing is like surround yourself with people who do that now. You know, talk to business owners. They might not be in the same field as you. And that so that as long as you're get in the room, you know, basically just stay in the room. And um, the third advice that I would have is to, um, little by little, don't put pressure on yourself, but just, you know, do a little research here. I had no business, like, like launching a planner company. I didn't know the first thing. But honestly, like, I would just for 15 minutes every day, every, every once in a while, I would just Google how to publish a planner, like, you know, how to do this, like, or I would ask people. And um, even though I didn't necessarily have examples of people who had launched businesses, I would read about them and I would um, be around creative people. I didn't think of myself as creative as a business analyst, right? Until um, someone said, you know, but you know, the way that you come up with solutions to some of the problems that we have at work are quite creative. And that's when I went, create a little dot, like, you know, like, and that's what that is. And, um, you know, as as long as you do those three things, you're going to get closer 
to your goal and create a habit, I would say. Like lastly, and the fourth thing, if I had to say, create a habit that gets you towards your goals, right? How do business owners act? What are they like? How do they walk? How do they talk? And then like try to, um, I have this thing about like how, since I've been on a journey to work on my health, I always thought people who are super healthy, they walk a little taller. And I would notice like, and they, they, they speak with confidence and, and somehow instead of doing, and then I go into the gym first and then like, then I'll have, you know, the goal hitting that target. And then that will make me be a healthy person. I started being a healthy person first, like thinking like a healthy person, would a healthy person do this? And then I would then be like, okay, because I was walking a little taller because I was um, feeling a little bit more confident then I, I got the courage to put to, to lace up and put my shoes on and start going for a walk and it little by little that grew and surrounding myself with healthier people um, was also um, like a pivotal moment but if you're thinking about um, opening a business find examples of where uh, like of other business owners talk be in the room with other business owners um, create a habit that takes you towards your goals um, and yeah. Yeah, I believe it's like the synergy because I'm also a BSA. I've been a BSA since like 1993 and I've kind of gone in different ways. I'm a consultant now. What I found is I, I didn't like being in the bureaucracy of any one company because I would hit the wall because I'm kind of like, you know, if you think about the, um, if, if you think about the kind of the different mechanisms that we, they use to measure people because I'm a creative person. Sometimes I wouldn't really fit. And because I had ideas that kind of outside the bell curve, right? If you think about it. So it's sometimes like business, like, like they, they talk about the, how they want creatives, but then they try to put everybody in a box. Kind of like when right. Henry Ford took all these people who were, you know, uh, artisans and it made them sit on the assembly line. Well, that take all the creativity away because they're all going to get measured on how fast they do something on the assembly line. But if you want somebody that's actually going to be an engineer, well, it, it, being on the assembly line type of thinking ain't going to make them an engineer, right? They're going to just keep on doing the same thing. And then exactly. you want people who are going to be in that cubicle, but how are they? you going to get like an Elon Musk idea or Bill Gates idea or Steve Jobs idea from somebody just sitting in the cubicle that's told to, you know, get these certain performance goals and you're all trying to match everybody else. So what I found is if I got to be a, with a consultant, I could go bounce from thing to thing and I'd have to worry about the performance review. Every day is the performance review. If yeah. I'm a consultant, I'm on the job, just being renewed every time, that's my, that's my performance review. I get renewed four, five, six, seven times. So I ended up saying, well, I don't want to play the other game anymore. And I just made a decision for myself that I, because I, I wanted to have the time to do the things I want to do, but then not be measured in that way. And so I kind of broke the paradigm and sometimes like, well, oh, how can you do that? Well, sometimes you have to just think of the box and break it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what your thoughts about that, but I think the idea is just a, you know, sometimes you, 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 the unexpected is that you, you don't keep on doing the same thing all the time. They, they, you, I you, completely you, agree. That, that uh, the way that you break out of it is you're, you're, you're the one that raises your hand when no one wants to raise their hand. 
you're the yeah. one who steps up when nobody wants to step up. <laughs> and you know, when you willingly do that, that's the beauty of it, right? Before, like, life happens, right? In, in my case, specifically, I had a health issue because I just didn't step out because that would have been the unknown. But being open to possibilities and being open to um, new ways of thinking is so important. And questioning yourself, like, right? And that's the work that we do with high-performance coaching. We talk about different areas where you don't normally, um, and just today I was talking to a client that I said, you know, what areas are you, um, I, what habits are taking you away from your goal? And he's like, oh my gosh, nobody has ever asked me that before. Um, so, well, let's talk through your day. And then he didn't realize that something that he was doing was completely taking him off left field. But again, because we sometimes we live our lives um, by default instead of by design, right? That you feel like you don't have the space of creating um, that moment of pause to recalibrate and to think about what else is there. Um, how else could I solve this problem? How can I get out of the box, right? Like it's so important. It's such a gift too. Also, I think like, you know, being, being, you know, an African-American and then dealing with diversity, like women and all kinds of other people, what I've noticed just over my, my example, like in IT, a lot of times I don't see people like look like me or look like you. I, I don't mm -hmm. see lots of diversity. I see like the same type of guy, like a lot. And then they they're wondering why they keep on doing the same things. Well, you're not open. The world is a multi multinational, multicultural world, right? And then you got this room. It doesn't look like the rest of the world, right? So how they they opening up to allow women to get positions of power to allow other people that haven't been in the room get positions actually opens your markets. Because you start to take on ideas that maybe you would have never took on if you get the same people over and over making the same decisions. Oh, absolutely, and it's so um, it's so interesting. Like, so Ponderly is one hundred percent built on diversity. I'm originally from Brazil, and I live in the Middle East, right? And my company is based in the UK. Um, because that's where our home is. And so when I first floated the idea to my father-in-law, like, um, hey, you know, I've got this business plan for a planner company. And um, he was looking through the business side of things. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a creative and uh, much, much, much younger than I am. Um, so she's like, yeah, well, we're talking about social media and things like that. And uh, I initially started working with a social media company because I didn't know how to do social media at all. Um, and I said, no, wouldn't it be like, I really want to feature um, different types of women on the feed. And, you know, let's start with a picture of me. And they said, well, Karina, I don't think a picture of you would fit the aesthetic of the feed. Of the feed. And at first I was like really taken aback because I didn't know what that meant. And then I looked at my feed and I saw a very, very different aesthetic to what I had in mind, which is, you know, primarily is for people who work. Like whether that work is done in the C-suite, whether that's done in a cubicle, um, whether that's done by a 20 year old, a 40 year old, um, I need to showcase different types of people 
who want to make empowered decisions with their time. And the minute that person said to me, that was the day that I realized that maybe they shouldn't be on my payroll uh, because that they were speaking to somebody who's obviously um, a woman of color who like is of a certain age, like a certain age, but like, you know, in the creative world, right? Um, people don't necessarily expect um, a 40, <laughs> now 42 year old woman breaking into like the world of graphic design and, uh, and, and things like that. Um, yeah, but that was something that I definitely encountered when I first joined this industry, and, I, and I'm working and doing my best to to change that. Like, right? Like, so even yeah. the products that we uh, that we source, they're not necessarily aimed at one particular person. Well, that's the thing is like the entry level. Sometimes the gatekeeping. The one thing I love about social media, because I've been in it, you know, as a podcaster and a musician. I'm all over Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all those places. That's how we, we use those tools. But, um, you know, the gatekeepers, like in, in the music industry, you couldn't even get out there without A&R in the, in the, in the management. They, they would make judgment decisions and you couldn't even present yourself. Now we live in a world where if you create a TikTok, you can come from outside and you didn't go through A and R. You didn't. You're not on the label roster. You get come from the outside, and tons of people are coming from the outside into the industry, and they're like the industry doesn't know what to do because because they they try to bring them in, and they're like, why would I come in? Like I'm independent already, <laughs> you know. So people like in our industry, people are becoming their own entrepreneurs. Like when you're a musician, you run your own business you do your own you know pr you do your own booking you do a lot of your own work because we're not on the label structure anymore we're all independent entrepreneurs and so there's a lot of work and you're like what was the time to create but you have to kind of figure out what you can do and what you can't do and then you farm things out but the idea is like that now that they have this international internet world where you can hit all types of markets if you were living in new jersey you're not just singing for new jersey you could be singing for the whole world and so you have to think about like wow i'm i'm not limited so you're you you have to realize you have this big big marketplace that, that you maybe you didn't you in a previous world it'd be, be localized you know now you have, have a wider frame so what how do you handle that in terms of when you're looking at your business the you already mentioned multiple countries that you're involved in um is that is that something that you 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 bring to people when you're mentoring people or talking to other business people? Yeah, so we are very much um, a company that's focused on diversity and focused on people who work where wherever that work is done. So there are certain common themes that people in the workplace space or entrepreneur space, and I typically deal with um, uh, issues re related to productivity, work-life balance, um, if somebody wants a promotion, you know, um, but I'm prepared and equipped to handle questions like, no, Rina, you don't understand. This is why um, I'm not getting a promotion. And because like, I think not only the fact that, that I am uh, a person of color, but because I'm trained to understand that in some cases that is a fact that, that they may not necessarily be getting a promotion. It feels like fact to them, you know? Um, 
And I'm not yeah. going to dismiss that. So I'm prepared not to dismiss that at all. Whereas some people might say, oh, you know, you just need to have a growth mindset. Like, no, 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 no. Like, we need to have a conversation about this. In some places, <laughs> this is a fact, yeah, okay? Yeah. Um, so been there. Um, so it's really important to be um, sensitive to these issues and be sensitive and open to, um, to where people are coming from. Um, yes, we do have a company that sells products uh, worldwide. I do um, work with clients all around the world. Um, and I try to listen to, like, I, I know I do, I do. I listen to what they're saying and where they're coming from. And we're not going to go 360 and just go like, oh, let's just think positive thoughts here and everything's going to work mm-hmm. out. <laughs> That's not how this is. Uh, it's, it's not the work that we're going to do, but like, I'm very, very aware that this does exist. Um, I'm very aware that a, a growth mindset is important, but in, in the context of uh, dealing with uh, equality, and um, it's very, very important to have um, that in the back of your mind and, and work, work with it as well. So when you're in a global kind of situation, I guess you try to focus on commonalities so you don't have to have unique um, solutions for every area. But it would seem like because globally people aren't the same, cultures aren't the same, that there there probably are, you know, maybe a top five, top 10 list of commonalities. But do you have to deal with the cultural differences for every region that you're in and, and then understand those? And, and tailor make things. We're kind of living in an age where, you know, pharmaceutical companies are starting to tailor make medicine where they used to make it, oh, everybody's the same. And now they're actually going to the DNA level and making customized medicines for people's unique biologies. So it's come kind of a circle where it's like, yeah, maybe humans aren't exactly the same, even on the DNA level. So maybe you do have to have some customization. Oh, absolutely. And with the way that I coach with people, I work on a three-pronged approach. Like I, within my coaching um, curriculum, I talk about awareness a lot. Like, and I'll just give you an example. When I was eight years old, um, I decided that, I, well, I learned that if I slept in my uniform, I could sleep in an extra five minutes, okay? Like I am not like a morning person by any stretch of the imagination, never have been. And for the longest time, I forced myself to be that person because the message that you get everywhere is that early risers are, they're better, you're more productive. They're just, you know, they're just better. Like you see um, entrepreneurs talking about, um, which is not, and by the way, it's not necessarily true. President Obama, I read somewhere that he was a night owl, right? So there's, but I didn't notice at the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So we're bombarded with these messages, right? About, like, for example, let's take entrepreneur morning routines, right? I read somewhere that this person wakes up and they journal and they meditate and they um, go to their workout for an hour. They go to their infrared sauna and, you know, it's not even 5 a.m. And I'm like, wow, that's wonderful. However, that may not be realistic to somebody who is a nurse, that may not be realistic to somebody who is a musician and you guys work late nights, right? Um, so you don't yeah. necessarily wake up yeah. at five in the morning. You know, my dad was a professional athlete 
And he is very much a morning person. And yet I wasn't. And for the longest time, I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And a lot of my clients are the same way as I know, Karina, I must be a morning person. And I'm like, but why? You know, so having that aware until, so we have this awareness that we're not waking up early, right? And so then I start asking questions about why that is. And of course, I, like the coaching then becomes more tailored because what part of that are you willing to accept? You know, and again, I'll go back to my own example. I just one day accepted the fact that I am just, I define mornings differently. I'm also a morning person, but my morning is not a, a 5 a.m. kind of morning. Mine is kind of like around 7.30, okay? So as long as I've accepted that, then I can take aligned action that doesn't feel so forced, you know, and doesn't make me grumpy <laughs> in the morning. Again, that's just an example. But when I work with clients, we do... Um, work on an inside out approach because the last thing I want is to give them a cookie cutter thing and trying to put like, trying to make clients feel that they're round peg on a square hole, you know? Um, what can we do from having a learning of exactly who you are and standing in that power it's like, you know what, this is who I am. I'm like, cool, what is your goal? Then we see what the goal is. I was like, how can we take aligned action from that place of empowerment to get towards your role. So for that, for me, what that translated to, I'm like, okay, again, I learned this at eight years old. If I sleep in my uniform, I can get five, five more minutes of sleep. That was my aligned action to sleep in a little more and you know, still waking up, like waking up on time, ready for breakfast. My parents were like, why is this girl all wrinkly? Like, I'm sure we're sure we hired this uniform the night before. But again, to this day, like, you know, uh, and we get these messages from media from everywhere, like, you should be this way. And, you know, it takes it takes a lot to say, yeah. well, wait a minute, you know, how can it's I work? Hard. It's very hard. And instead of saying, oh, no, I must continue trying to be this 5 a.m. waker up, or why can't we just say, you know what, I'm just this is who I am. Let's lean into that and let's see how we can get closer to your goals by leaning into your, your gifts in a way. Right. So that's how I customize the work um, for someone who comes to coach with me. Of course, there's a lot. Well, more I think a lot of people, what I've, what, what I've found, like even in creativity, right. What there's a point, there's a, there's a problem kind of today where people like kind of sampling and, 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 electronic uh, tools in the industry, people try to clone or copy a lot of whatever is popular. Instead of taking the, the whole point a lot of times with art is your individual individual artistry is kind of like your unique voice. Like your voice is probably not like anybody else's, but if you spend all your try, time trying to sound like Taylor Smith, Taylor Swift, or Beyonce, where there's already a Taylor Swift, there's already a Beyonce. So wouldn't it be better to take your unique voice and and do the best version of yourself and try and instead of trying to be somebody that you're not, because maybe you'll be one tenth of them or one hundredth of them, but you're not you being you. And what I found is if you kind of start to realize what you bring to the table as an individual human being, everybody's got their own creative spark. And if you find out what's unique about you 
and then focus on that on your individual creativity that might be inspired by other things, but it's uniquely your vision. You know, when you're an author and you write that book, that's your vision. You're, 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 you know, out there with a, with a strategy. Even I've talked to, you know, life coaches, their creativity is their approach, their approach, their thinking, their th- and they may be inspired by X person, Y person, Z person, but it's their own picture. Why, why they uniquely have a program is because they thought it through and they've created this kind of vision that is their own vision. And I think that's what people lose sight of because it's hard. It's like being in a classroom of kids and raising your hand and people don't want to raise their hand because they're scared of what the response is going to be. Right. And I think when you're creative and you start to make that leap, you have to not be as scared of what the response is because you're going to fail. And failure is not a problem because the musicians, like we write thousands of songs. Most of them don't work. It's like if I was worried about them not working then I would never pick up the, the, the instrument again. <laughs> so you have to kind of understand that's part of the process is that you're going to have things that don't work, but they actually work because they get you closer to where the things that do work. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's Marie Forleo who says the world needs the gift that only you have. Right. So, and I love that phrase. I love that because so I see, especially with marketing messages, um, they're marketing to the gap. It's like you're here, but you should be there. And to get there, you need this shiny new thing. Um, whereas my approach is like, which is the world just needs more of you. Like, how can we leverage that to achieve your goals? It's going to be like less of a uphill battle because that's what it can feel like. I cannot even think about like. A, in fact, there's an article that I collaborated with uh, on Medium about morning routines because I, like, the minute like I was approached to talk about that, I was just like, oh my god, I have some thoughts about morning routines. Um, I'm not in the 5 a.m. club and I'm not a night owl. So you can only imagine how ostracized I felt. Like in, you know, as somebody who owns a productivity company, um, the assumption out there is that, you know, I wake up with the birds or whatever, but like I like yeah. I oftentimes I will snooze my alarm, you know, and um like one of my girls right now, she's not feeling too well. So I was up. Uh, at night so obviously i'm not going to be a happy cheerful cheerful karina first thing in the morning right um but like it's just so important to lean in uh well, yeah, on who yeah. you are, i think right? the perfection i think the problem i see like if you think about like an alpha male running a like a coaching for like uh you know trying to get you in shape and they've got like these 10 steps to stay in shape. And then you you fail on step two and you got to start again. You fail on step six, yes. you got to start again. I think that approach is okay, fine. You're the alpha or whatever. And you that's your idea. But but a lot of times it's like, you know, it's like in music. If you have to keep on starting and stopping, starting and stopping versus doing what I call uh, stream of consciousness, right? If I do stream of consciousness, there's some famous, there's a famous musician say that there, there are no wrong notes. It's how you approach the notes, right? So if you're so in your logic brain, oh, Stan, I missed the note, then you're going to keep on start and stop. If you are getting into the kind of this feel heart kind of creative music, 
feel where you're kind of listening to the universe, you're trusting yourself. You say, I can make these notes work. Because Victor Wooten was showing some people, he's a famous bass player, that there are no wrong notes if I've got the right attitude. And he showed hitting all these different notes, but he was running a rhythm that the notes all worked. And if you say people will tell you that you can't do that, but you can't, right? So you don't have to start and stop. You can actually recover and actually use your, your creativity. You don't have to keep on going back and to the beginning that you can actually, you know, recover from wherever you are. And I thought I was like, well, that's a really cool approach. You could use that for all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, I see productivity coaches go on Instagram and they're like checking off their boxes. And I'm like, you know, there's a place for that. But then, you know, you don't check off a box when you brush your teeth in the morning. That is just part of your lifestyle. And as a, like, one of my certifications that I have is that as a habits coach, my goal is not to get you to tick a box. Like, like if your goal is to drink more water, whatever it is, like, I just want to get you to be the person that drinks more water. End of story. There's not going to be tick boxes. We're going to find a way to make that part of your lifestyle and make it so seamless and so like that you you just can't uh, you can't help but win. You know, like if that's the goal yeah, that you want yeah. to have. I bring this up because both my grandmother and I were not big water drinkers. At least I wasn't until. I tried this method and I was like, you know, hang on a second. Like nobody brushes their teeth or like does up their shoelace and takes a box. That is just something that we naturally do. And if you want to pursue a habit or if you, for example, if you want to be a musician, you don't tick a box. Like you might have started that way, but like it's just part of who you are. Like, right. Like your practice is yeah. your, is part of who you are. Yeah, you do it because you love it. If it feels like work, yeah. then you probably don't want to do it anymore because, like, you, or you take a break because, like, when you're an artist, it, it, it kind of comes like if you force it, then it usually doesn't work right. right? Like, things have to kind of have a flow. Like, I always talk about getting in the flow, getting that stream of consciousness to kind of feel the muse. Like, when you get in those states, you tend to have a really good time working. But if you are agonizing, and everything is a problem and it's making you nervous. It's giving you like anxiety. You're not feeling happy. Then what are you doing? Because exactly. it, the whole point of life is that you should be trying to do something to move you forward. If it's making you feel anxious, uncomfortable, sick, is that really good? Is that really what you want? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, with the whole waking up thing, um, I was, trying to be the person who wakes up at 5 a.m. And every time that I would wake up at, say, 5.30, I'm like, oh, so my day was ruined, like, from the start. And I'm like, there has to be, there has to be a better way um, to, to do this. And the way that I found was just accepting and then becoming aware of it. It's like, you know what? That doesn't make me feel good when I do this. And yet I can still feel productive and feel accomplished, even though I don't wake up time so when something becomes part of your identity like you identify yourself as a musician it's part of your lifestyle you do it because you love it it's not forced you know um and i get it to get there you do need to practice but it doesn't if it doesn't feel like practice it just feels like you know you're just playing music yeah. right you're playing yeah, it's like the, 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 yeah well if you're you know when you're a business person you probably go through certain routines to stay 
you know, I'm a, a BSA, right? So I have to learn, started on mainframes. Now we're learning blockchain. You know, we learned Java. We learned whatever tools, whatever, you know, we had, to add, we had waterfall. Then we learned agile. Then we learned, you know, use case. Then we learned whatever, you know, we can't stay back in the 3270 COBOL world. That's where I started. But there are some guys that want to stay there. And I said, oh, fine. But like, in order to progress, you had to kind of get out of that because that technology, you could live in it. And I know guys that will live in that because there's still banks and stuff to have it. But like, you're only going to be in that narrow niche. I mean, that's fine if that's where you want to be. But if you want to progress, you kind of got to learn. And what I found is like, the idea of technology is you're always a student, right? You're always, there's always something new coming and you should probably, you know, and you're constantly aware of what you don't know. And then you have to be willing to learn a new thing to get to that new place. And so it is a constant state of re-education. And some people don't like that. You know, yeah. some people don't realize that like, well, in, you know, it's comfortable to stay in a certain zone and then you got to realize that what kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person that wants to stay in that place? Then you come to you know reality and say, yeah, I guess I am the kind of person that I don't like to challenge myself. That's you know that's my comfort zone. Yeah, like you know, as a, as a high performance coach, like we push. <laughs> like if you come and tell me that your goal is to get a promotion and this in the next three months, but we're going to get to work, but we're, we're going to make sure that we're working towards your goal in a way that sits well with you. Um, I mean, how many times have you had to do something and you've kind of, uh, what I call like, you know, sometimes people procrastinate plan because they, they know they need to do this one thing. They don't know why they're doing it, but they need to do this one thing. And they, they just go decide to clean their cupboards or, um, oh, let me just make this spreadsheet super nice, or let me work on my website one more time and change the fonts, you know? Um, so I'm the person that like sits in their corner and goes, okay, but we said we were gonna do this, right? So how are we getting there? How is that getting you towards your goal? Um, what if we thought about something else to get you towards that goal? I'm, I'm, I'm the partner in the corner that, that makes sure that I get you to the finish line. Have you ever, you know, had to get it to a client that that maybe their their goal based on where they're at, they weren't really ready for? Their goal is their goal. And my job is to make sure that they they get as close to it as possible. And, you know, there have been times when I've worked with someone and they actually came to the realization themselves. They're like, you know what, I think perhaps there, there's a there's a different there's a different path for me and you know we change course um mm -hmm. so and that's perfectly fine like how we do certain things like is at the end of the day they need to feel happy and content with their decision right um but making like those tools to get them there is is something that they'll they can apply to any other area of their life, yeah. to any other yeah. goal that they may have. Well, sometimes like people, when they set the goal, it's a matter of like, are they actually setting the right goals? Like, because mm -hmm. like, okay, you want to get to X, but you think, you know, that these 
A, B, and C are the real pillars of what you need to do. And then you find out what those really aren't, right? That you actually got to start all over your foundational things that you think they're going to bring you that to X aren't right. You know, and sometimes some people don't want to hear that because yeah. they're kind of not ready to hear it. So if you run into somebody that's like not ready to understand that their foundational point of view is actually not the right position to be in to go where they want to go. I think that there's no right and wrong on getting somewhere. I mean, um, to be honest, there have been so many different stories of people in different walks of life who started doing one thing and ended up doing something else. I mean, the post-it is an accident, was an accident, right? Like when they uh, first, yeah. it was not happy intended accident. to yeah. Yeah, happy, happy accident. So I think that there are no mistakes. There's only learning. So the first cornerstone that I start working with someone is on their identity in terms of their values and how clear they are, like who do they want to be and what, um, what do they want to live into? That's the first thing that we start talking about. Um, and from there, that's when we build on, like, we only start talking about goals, like four sessions. And I want them to be very, very clear on who they are, what they stand for, um, before we, we start to talk about where we're going. Um, because first we need, uh, we need to know, like, like, if you want to go to Paris, you could go to Paris, like, either, you, you can't drive there, because there's, like, an ocean between, like, you know, depending on where you're starting, there's going to be an ocean <laughs> to, to, to get to Paris, for example, right? Um, yeah, so we need to work the side. <laughs> yeah, like, we need to decide, like, you know, is this where you want to go? Are, are you sure you want to go there? Um, you know, Well, I guess like in a boat or plane example. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about the boat or plane, what boats take a lot more time. The plane's going to get there way faster. Right. So do you want to take the time and take the cruise to go through the experience of building up or do you want to quickly get there on the Learjet? (laughs) I I just want to know if that's where they want to go. Like, where are we buying yeah, a ticket you just to? Want to know where like, that's what I want to know. Yeah, because like sometimes people yeah, might say, like, well, I want to go to Paris because isn't everybody going to Paris? And I'm like, I don't know, are they? Like, I'm from Brazil. Most people that I know like to go to Argentina, like, for example. Like, why can't we go to Argentina? Like, we need to decide yeah. where we're going, first and foremost, because you want to go there, not because everybody else is going there. Like, so, like, I want yeah, to make that, that very, very clear. Yeah, that you're going yeah, so to be your Yeah, so the de- destination, that kind of be where, where like, well, there's, it could be like it's really somebody else's idea to go to Paris. And they yeah. think it's their idea. And then you discover that really they want to go to Alaska because they want to, they want to go see, you know, the, the wilderness, but they, you know, they didn't think anybody would like that. They thought about, they, they were concerned what peer, their peers would think because they're not going to the more popular place. So that that is like, you start to figure out who they are. And it's kind of like I was saying with like Victor Wooden's, like there's no wrong note. It's kind of like how you play the notes. So once you to go over the fact that like you 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 actually might, you, you might think all oh, the wrong notes are bad notes. But then you find out, well, like once you learn the the correct approach, where where you're trying to go, 
you can get all the notes to work. Yeah. So that sounds kind of like what you were um, saying. What you were saying. Yeah. When I talk about goals with clients, I usually ask them, you know, like, what's the destination? Where are we going together? You know? Um, and then we really get solid a solid idea of where we're going. Once that happens, and you know, I'm like, okay, let's map it out. Let's get the map. Let's see how we're gonna get there. Then we map things out. Then we set sail. Then once we set sail, we might need to adjust um, the course. Like, do we need to adjust the course here? Like, are we still happy with from where we started? Um, and then once we get there, we need to like assess, was this a good trip? If we're gonna make this trip again, like would we take the same route? Um, and then we uh, celebrate because like a lot of people like get to where we're going and they're like, okay, where to next? I'm like, wait, you didn't even take any pictures. We didn't even yeah. like sample the tweets of this land, you know? Um, and that will just make you tired, you know, to prepare for the next journey. Like if we're not like, what's the point in all this traveling? What did we learn? Like, what did we celebrate? What did we take yeah. with us? Like, you know, so you're saying, that's not like, what we like, so you're saying the lessons learned. Some people never give themselves time for the lessons learned, right? Because yeah. I, I, I've been yeah. on lots of projects where it's very critical to actually document the lessons learned so the next team doesn't make the same mistake. But then sometimes you don't give yourself enough time to do that because you're already on to the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. There is this great book called um, Winning the Week, um, and it's by Carrie Bentley and Demir, uh, Carrie and Demir Bentley. They're a husband and wife team. And I love that book because their method starts with um, what what did we learn last week? And I'm like, oh, my God, that completely caught me off guard. It was like, how many times do we sit down and go, you know what? What did I learn last week? Like, what happened? Like, yeah. oh, it's often... It's just Usually kind of like wait to the end. on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah that's a exactly. really good We're approach. On to the next thing. Well, yeah, most of the time, projects wait. they wait to the end. You know, if you're doing that yeah. weekly, that's a really good assessment. It's more agile, you know, because yeah. then you're yeah. actually looking at what you're, what you're, you're not waiting to six months into it to do the after action report. You know, you're doing the assessment, which is more likely going to increase your quality or increase your your the likelihood that you're going to make your goal because you're actually looking at where you can wait earlier in the process instead of waiting to the end and have to do it, you know, for the next project, you could actually do it in the same project. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially for um people in the audience who are listening and they're entrepreneurs, you know, there's no right way to um, do one thing. For example, if we talk about building your audience, some people might say that Instagram is the best way, but there's also email and podcasting and um, webinars and whatever. Like, but what suits your personality is going to dictate whether this becomes an enjoyable experience or an experience that you absolutely hate. And so guess which business owner is going to be more successful? Like, I'm pretty sure that it's the one that's having fun and having a good time and building an audience in a way that sits well with them. Um, so like, I know that one of the ways that I do this is not necessarily on, on, on Instagram. I'm, I'm much more comfortable having a conversation one-on-one -on -one with someone. I think this like is- Like a podcast, um, yeah. 
yeah, like a podcast yeah, or something because yeah, yeah well, there's some, you know, some, well, some tools are, are, you know, some people can't take advantage of certain tools. And some people, the video podcast, they might not feel comfortable enough and it doesn't look, it looks so awkward that it wouldn't work. But the audio podcast might be fine. So they, they could do the audio better or they could do the video. It depends on what the personality is, what how dynamic or how how better, you know, they have to make a decision about what they're comfortable with. And yeah. uh, you know, like a long form versus the short form. And, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a, a whole ability to do a reel or a TikTok versus doing a long form video. Some people might be better at the long form infomercial and some might be better at the 90 second TikTok. It depends on who they are or who they work with. And what season in life they may be in, right? And I'm like, some people might feel like, you know, I really am comfortable doing this now. But the beauty of being who we are is that we're never the same, right? Like the seasons change all the time. We change. Yeah, you might get um, better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, um, but being open to that, like, is, is a real gift. Well, I want the audience to be able to know that, you know, for those of you in audio, as I mentioned, that you have www.pondalary.lily.com. Uh, and that will be clickable when we f we're fully published on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch. You can click on that. So if you click on pondalily.com, what, what does the audience find there when they go there? Uh, when they go there, they get a free printable library. One uh, printable that I highly recommend is Rhythms and Routines for Work. Um, so if you, um, and it, that takes into consideration um, how you start your, how you want your workday to start, how you want your workday to end, and the breaks that you need to have in between to re-energize yourself. So you're not stuck in the studio all day. And um, like basically you set yourself up to do your best work and design um, a routine that really sits well with you and um, allows you to do your best work. Um, and you also get a 10% discount on all Ponder Lily products. And if you go at we are Ponder Lily on Instagram, I answer all of the DM, my, DMs myself. And um, so if you have any questions, if there's something that you learned today, an aha moment that you took away from today's uh, session, please feel free to let me know. I, I, I love to hear. Um, I love to hear from the audience. Well, that's great. Well, thank you again. I want to let everybody know that's clickable when we're fully published and we'll be everywhere podcast or watched or listened to places like Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Google. And uh, we'll have a landing page that we're going to give to you that your audience will be able to choose wherever they want to listen or watch. So thank you again for being on the Family Electric Ghost podcast. I, I believe it was really informative for all the business owners out there. And all the entrepreneurs and creatives are entrepreneurs. Every creative artist I've met has to find a way to sell their product, which is their art. And a lot of the ideas that you have, we have to learn to monetize what we're doing. And, you know, it's not a widget, it's art, but still there, there's a, I believe a lot of the uh, approaches you're talking about apply to multiple types of businesses, even the creative space. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Have a good rest of the day. You too. Or nighttime. <laughs>